And we are officially live. So today on Lifestyle Medicine, we have Tristan Montoya. Tristan, you and I were just talking, having our little pre-podcast call, and um, you've got some interesting titles, man. Would you mind kind of going through those and telling the audience what you what you do in a nutshell? And then from there, we can kind of jump into the, the deeper good stuff that you do. Definitely. First of all, I don't even like titles. If I could just say I'm I'm Tristan, I'm I'm this guy that that you know just will uh, you know say some cool stuff and and listen to you and and you know we can have some breakthroughs. Then that would be great. And if I could run my business like that, I would. <laughs> but unfortunately, people need to know who you are, what you do, what you've studied, what so true. You, who, you've, who you've trained under, what certifications you have. Now I'm. I like to loosely call myself a transformational artist. For me, I did get formal training as a coach. So I'm a certified integrative coach. I did that through the Ford Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, the well-known Debbie Ford created an institute before she passed. Yep. Uh, very professional program. It took me over a year. It was harder than college. <laughs> like it was actually, really? yeah, one year. She of, does the, she did the shadow work, right? That was. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. She studied, she's actually, uh, she studied under Deepak Chopra. So, so oh, Deepak okay. Chopra was her mentor. Oh, cool. And then she, she went on to author uh, a near, nine, if not ten books before she passed. Mm-hmm. And she, she left behind the Ford Institute and it's still being run by her, her protege. So I got this training and then I went out into the world to become a coach. And I realized that although they had promised I would not recognize myself when I got through this training, I was definitely a different person, but I still didn't have the, let me put it this way. I didn't feel confident enough to really create my practice. And Mm -hmm. so that, that lack of confidence, the fact that I, I, my nerves were still bothering me. I still had some, some anxiety issues. I still had some emotional stuff going on. And I couldn't quite break through uh, that emotional heaviness, those blocks, and that anxiety, which I knew was coming from beliefs. And so I, you know, enter yeah. EFT. Yeah. Right. So I, I get trained in EFT, and I learn all about uh, subconscious beliefs, and I, you know, tapping, and you know, the meridians, and all this. And so the, I could call myself an EFT practi- practitioner. I could call myself an integrative coach. I could call myself um, a spiritual teacher. Um, I like artists because ultimately, when I before any of the coaching, I was just writing. I was just at home, inspired by this awakening that was happening to me, and I just wanted to talk about it. And I just wanted to write about it, <laughs> yeah. and I wanted to connect to others who were experiencing this. And and so I started a blog, and I started getting blogs out there, and people started to enjoy the writing. So I thought, well, this is fun, and I could. They say if you find something you love, you'll never work another day in your life, and so. As I was writing, I thought, this is amazing. Like, I, I love doing this. I could do this every day. Apparently, it's not work. And so, <laughs> right. You know, first, my job was to, first, my mission was to find a way to get paid to do that. Ultimately, I wanted to help people on a more personal level. So, I did become a, a trained coach and I did start a, a life coaching practice. And I have been doing that for the past several years. Uh, we could kind of get into how that's kind of gone up and down and yeah. how I ended up, you know, where I am now. Um, but that's that's the whole metamorphosis that I chose. I chose to go through this real interesting unfoldment, as I call it. Like mm-hmm. my life path has definitely not been linear, mm-hmm. and I like that. But it's unsettling for the kind of person who thinks life is linear yeah. and 
it doesn't expect those big rises and big falls. I've been riding the wave for a long time, and I'm, I'm here to say that it's uh, – I noticed that one of your guests, uh, Iska, said it's not for the faint of heart. What I would say, it's not for the weak of mind. <laughs> yeah, for the heart, sure. <laughs> I wrote a book called The Eight Secrets of the Heart, and I'm, I like to say that you know the, the heart it isn't wounded. It's perfectly intact. It's strong. It's just waiting for us to connect to it. So it's not that the heart is faint or weak. Those adjectives don't really apply. It's that the mind can be lazy and weak mm-hmm. if we don't train it. And so if you meet up, and you know, I'll speak in first person because this was my experience. If I meet up with resistance and I realize that the life that I want to live has a higher vibration, meaning it takes more effort to work myself into that way of being, then I realize that, you know, I've got I've got work to do. I've got some mindset shifting to do. I've got some discipline to work on. I've got some habit changing to do. Yep. I gotta really look at what I believe and I gotta Look at how I'm creating my environment inside and out and, and just be really honest with myself. Mm-hmm. Man, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, and I liked, I liked the phrase that you used. You said, was it un- unfolding? Was that the? Unf- unfoldment. Unfoldment. Yeah. yeah. I used yeah. the word unraveling in my process ah, <laughs> like, yeah. quite a I bit. I like that I'm, one too. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, unraveling. Yeah, because it has fast and slow rhythms, you know. <laughs> it, it does. It does. And you know, I was using unraveling for a little while, but mm-hmm. I also I also realized that that could signify to some people that you know they're falling apart. And I didn't want to. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very careful with my verbiage because yeah. language you know, as, as a as a writer and as a transformational artist, I really want to pick the right word that will really hit home. Yep. And if I say unraveling, then a person can just imagine themselves like falling apart at the seams and like. Ugh. Yeah. And like like all their power just dripping away from them. Yeah. And, and I don't want to insinuate that if you begin this path, all yeah. your power just drips and bleeds away from you. For sure. I, but unraveling sometimes is what happens because yeah. if you're if you're this big wound up, you've seen when they put the rubber rubber bands together and it forms a a, a big a big tight core. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and just imagine all those you know rubber bands start yep. popping off and popping. Yep, off. totally. Yeah, all of a sudden we we become unraveled. But you know, at the middle of that, we hope that there's this strong core helping holding it all together. Oh, so, yeah. I like I like unraveling because it's true. There's actually truth in that that we do unravel yep. and we do release layers. And and I communicate. I'm very honest about that. Yeah, it, man. I, I know I know I've noticed that about you um, in the discourses that we've had and yeah man truth be told most of my life is unraveling there's a chaotic flow to my life and it always it's always been like that um, mm. and I used to think it was all I used to kind of have a negative association with it but it's just sort of the way you know like my life current roles and yeah man pros and cons to it but overall it's like yeah that's honest you know it's like it definitely unravels more than there's you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of chaos that my my rhythm just gravitates towards, but it's being tempered over as I get older. You know, like the, the it's le, it's less chaotic than it used to be, and there's just you know things that I'm I'm picking up along the way that have helped me. But yeah, man, I, I I've liked just the stuff that you've talked about and the way you've approached um, your clientele, your kind of larger mission, the things that you've spoken about. I was wondering, because um, it's relatively fresh, um, your time in Guatemala. You were there. How long were you actually there? For a year and two months. Wow. So you lived there. That's that's a full time, like actually living there. Yeah. And um, 
you know, you can dive into some of the things that like the, the big gems that you glean from that process. But I would like to touch on you and I initially connected when I had um, I had made a, a kind of a solo podcast talking about the therapeutic effects of um, psilocybin mushrooms. And I would love to hear some of your process with that in the Guatemala, Guatemala scene and then whatever else that since it's fresh. I mean, I know you were there and it just seemed like the as you were posting things and I was watching you a lot was transpiring there. It seemed like there was yeah. a lot of growth and evolution. So I would love yeah. to hear some of those highlights if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, can I challenge you before we do that? Of course, yeah. Okay. I just want to challenge what, something you said, that you that you that your life breeds chaos or something like that. <laughs> yeah. and because it, it touches on something that I, that I yeah. may or may not talk about, and sure. that is that you know, our inner state creates our outer state. Sure. You know, your inner reality ref, is basically reflected back to you. Yeah. Until, so I don't know. I, in my experience, I'll just speak for me. I, I, just, I don't mean to call you out. I just, I just noticed that. No, call away, man. So I don't care. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's because, it, look, my only wisdom comes from personal experience. You know? And what I realized was that I had to choose peace. Because I, and there was many times in my life when I wasn't choosing peace. I was actually choosing turmoil mm-hmm. through my thoughts, through my behavior, through my attitude, my sure. actions. And, and it, was, it was showing up in my life. And I'd say, well, where's all this stuff coming from? I'm, I'm peaceful. I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm harmonious. I'm deep, then, bro. I'm deep, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I actually had to look within. And I, I, I had these inner conversations going on that were, that were like I had passive aggression going on almost all the time within me. And so that reflected in my conversations, and I was actually, I was the, I was the angry spiritual teacher. I kid you not. Yeah. And you know, and and I want to be really authentic because that's that's what came up for me in Guatemala. To be completely honest, um, my big authenticity lesson came through psilocybin, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Yeah. But I became an angry spiritual teacher. Why? Because I, it's not that I was angry at the people that showed up in my life. I was. I was angry w- within myself. I was angry that I, I still had grief to process. I still had had deep upsets that in my life that I hadn't processed. And here I was trying to talk about peace, love, and harmony from an in- intellectual place, from a heady place. And I hadn't taken that. I knew it intellectually, and I understood them as concepts. And I really felt on some level that I was enjoying peace and harmony, but I was not. Yeah. And... <clears throat> what psilocybin showed me, the reason I believe that psilocybin came into my life, because I've been working with, with, with psilocybin on a certain level uh, for many years. It's mm-hmm. definitely been, been my plant medicine of choice. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I really enjoy how it works with me emotionally. It's been, um, I used uh, cannabis only a little bit while I lived in LA. Just a very, very, very seldom would I actually go to cannabis. Usually just one toke of a really nice medicinal marijuana Mm -hmm. and it put me in an altered state so that I could bypass the rational mind and go into a deeper more profound meditation Mm -hmm. so what I found was that if I used psilocybin in in very small doses I could actually um, create a a very profound spiritual experience as well and I could I could tap into higher realms I could communicate with my with my spirit guides I could feel the Christ consciousness there were a lot of things happening right if I did it it's in small doses Mm -hmm. but here's what happened I'm down in Guatemala and I'm I'm, I had a, a number of experiences that 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 transpired 
basically what took me to Guatemala was I became uh, the resident coach for a, a circus group, a modern day, they call themselves the New Age Circus. Mm -hmm. So it was a modern day uh, training ground for these circus artists, performers, um, think fire dancers, hula hoopers, you know. Uh, oh, I see. These, okay. So, yeah, so modern day, they're kind <clears> of the <throat> types of people you see at festivals. They train, uh, they, some sure. of them dance on stage, some of them do fire, fire spinning. Mm -hmm. So here I am living with this circus community, and I started down in Nicaragua, living on Lake Nicaragua on a little tiny island. And then that went well, and I was coaching, and I was offering workshops. I was doing breath work. I was teaching emotional intelligence, and that went really well. And they said, why don't we take you up to Guatemala? We've got a residency up there. And I said, great. Yeah, I ended up at this hillside retreat center looking over the lake with these majestic views. And, and I, I was doing it all over again. I was coaching people and I was, I was running workshops, breath work. And, you know, yeah. we, it, was, it was profound. Living, living the dream, man. Living the dream. <laughs> I mean, not everybody's dream. But, but yours, you know, yeah. I mean, but it was my dream. Yeah. And for a short time, I was like, life's pretty awesome. And then life wasn't so awesome because I think what happened was um, this was the first time that I, was, that I lived in close quarters with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I, by nature, I am a very solitary person. Mm -hmm. uh, I interact with community when I want to. <laughs> right. and, and, and when I don't, I like my space. And okay. here I was living with 30 plus people in a closed container and a lot of personalities to deal with. And now, and I'm working with a lot of them one-on-one. -on -one. I'm getting to know their personal issues. And right. it was a lot for me. It was a lot for me to take on then. Yeah. So, I became emotionally and psychologically imbalanced and it, it turned, I, I ended up, I, I was thinking about this, I was out on my walk thinking about our talk and this uh, phrase came up and, and uh, you know, there was a, a resident psychologist, he showed up from Canada and finally there was someone in the, in the community that, that could act as a colleague for me and yeah. so we could trade sessions, <laughs> we could come. So right. I needed someone. I was I was yeah, the, the, help me the, out, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, help me out. I was I was helping all these people on a psycho spiritual level, and yeah. and then one day I I was like I need help. Shit, yeah. like I'm yeah. I'm hurting here. I'm taking on everyone's stuff, and I can't deal with it anymore. Yeah. And and I remember him asking me um, a few questions about like, well, what's going on? And I told him that a lot of these things that were going on inside of my sessions were 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 um, were really frustrating me and draining my energy. And he said, huh, okay. He goes, I'll tell you something my colleague told me. So now this is, this is passed down wisdom. So yeah. now I'm going to pass it down even more to anyone who's listening. He said, you never want to work harder than your clients. Mm. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, if, if you're sitting in front of them working harder than they're, they're working on going with, you're, you're, you're using all your tools and all your insights and trying to dig into them, but they're not allowing you to do that. So you have to sit back and just wait and ask maybe a question like what's what's underneath this resistance? I thought you hired me. I thought you wanted help. Is that still the case? And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Revolutionary. <laughs> this, this blew my mind. So, so all of a sudden I pull back. I, this was the shift. This is a, a big shift for me and I'll lead, I'll lead into how it connects to psilocybin yeah. because what happened was um, because I started, so here's where I started using the word unraveling. Mm -hmm. So at this point in my life, I started to think, wow, I'm unraveling. I thought I had it all together. 
I had the certifications, I've been helping others in a way that I thought was powerful, but now I'm unraveling and I'm going to a psychologist, you know, and like he's helping me yeah. and I'm com I'm coming undone like, yeah, because yeah. I, I've been helping 20, 30 some people plus, you know, running a private coaching practice and now I need help. And anyway, long story short, I leave the community and I go down into town and uh, sooner, you know, in, 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 um, a fairly short amount of time, I found this cute little house with a nice garden, uh, two two levels. I installed internet and I started working from home. You know, so I'm running my private practice and I'm I'm running workshops down in town and I've got a pretty good little business set up. Yeah. People find me breath work and then I go, uh, I do private sessions at my house, coaching, yep. counseling, yep. breath work, and around this time. I started recognizing that now that I have this space all to myself, how would I like to use this space? And then yeah. and I, cre I created this beautiful temple. My house was like a temple full of just beautiful things, candles, flower arrangements. And I really made it, you know, incense, music. I really set the tone. You know, part of, part of me seeking peace was first creating my inner environment, my home environment. And not to mean the, my, my inner, yeah. inner yeah. environment. First, my home environment. That needed to be peaceful. And then I started taking small doses of psilocybin because mushrooms uh, down in down where I was living in Guatemala, it was a common medicine to have around. Mm -hmm. uh, it was widely available. It was quality. And it was stable, meaning that I knew how much I was getting. I knew where it came from. I right. knew who grew it. I knew the effects it would have on me. Mm -hmm. uh, some, you know, different strands have different. So I, I knew what I was taking, right? And and I could measure it to 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 the amounts that were I was comfortable with, right? Right. So what starts happening is I start having these beautiful spiritual ceremonies alone in my house, and I'm I'm thinking, this is great. I'm connecting to to my higher self, and this is safe for me. Yep. And I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this level. And I felt like I didn't need to be risky because my mind <clears throat> didn't feel well. And I thought mm -hmm. if I take high doses, I'm not sure what will happen. And I don't want to take the risk that I could literally unravel to the point that I can't put myself back together. I didn't have that level of support mm -hmm. in this. I mean, I knew a lot of people and a lot of people <clears throat> were practitioners. Sure. But I didn't want to burden anyone by saying I'm – Shit's hit the fan. I need help now. So I didn't. I didn't ask for any big ceremonies. I didn't go looking for any big ceremonies. I just did my my personal practice at home with small amounts, usually a gram or less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, that wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. And then this then this man comes into my life. <laughs> you know, very interesting. I, you know, I know how that sounds, but. You know this 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 big burly Italian guy uh, finds me on the dance floor when we're up at an ecstatic dance at a separate at a at a different retreat center that was mm -hmm. also up in the but a little bit higher back. Yeah, yeah. And this this guy, you know, this charming Italian guy. I'm just I have a lot of affection for him. He's he's there was you know there it was not a romantic thing. It was it, what I'm su suggesting is that this was a soul brother. Yeah. He came in he came into my life. He kind of like sashayed over to me one day. I was stretching for ecstatic dance, and he's like, "I know you, brother." And I said, "Have we met before in town? I'm not sure where we know each other from." And he's like, "No, I recognize you." And I said. Okay, <laughs> you know yeah, this is kind right. of, this was mysterious, 
but he he ended up just uh, spirit guided him over to me and and he recognized me as a soul brother we began talking about psilocybin that day mm-hmm. and we sat down on the ledge after the dance was over we sat down on the ledge with lake views and we got into this really deep conversation about the power of psilocybin and what we envision for using psilocybin as a tool to help unlock other uh, you know consciousness for for those who are still kind of locked inside of themselves. I, you know, yeah. I, I call it. I got a, diff- a couple of different analogies for this. One is like prisoner of, of pain, like they're a prisoner of their own pain. Another analogy I like is the sea of suffering. They're just they're just you know yep. wallowing about in the sea of suffering, really not knowing how to get out of their pain, mm-hmm. out of their suffering. So he felt that we should have a ceremony very soon, and my my inner something was stirring up inside of me and i was like this is this is right and this is true and mm-hmm. and i was so excited i said how about tonight you know i got this cool place and I, yeah. i'm going to going to deck it all out i got a fire pit i just built you know don't worry i'll set up everything you come down to my place at this time and i'll have everything ready to go and we'll we'll create a proper yeah. ceremony so this was my deep dive and this, and I felt safe because this was an experienced practitioner of the plant medicine. Uh-huh. This was some another physical being in front of me who could who could help me should something go wrong, and I felt supported. Yep. So we took a larger dose than I've ever taken. Uh, it was very high grade, mm-hmm. and we did the we we really called in the sacred aspect of it. We 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 this medicine had been blessed by the by the person who who offered it mm-hmm. we really called in our guides and, and angels and, and and really called in intention so this was an intentional yep. ceremony and when we went into it we <clears throat> you know we knew we were going to go into the in, we were going to do a full ceremony that went all through the night into the morning and i had a feeling that something big was going to happen but i wasn't sure what and Usually when, when I was taking those small amounts, you know, what would happen was I'd, I'd, I'd come alive, I'd be more expressive, I'd be more artistic, I'd, I'd dance and flow like, you know, with, with yeah, yeah. just more ease and grace. And, and that's kind of what, what happened to me at first until he brought me into this experience of kind of like, do you see how you're showing up? And I'm like, I'm just having fun. Like, I'm the, the medicine's in me, it's working with me. He's like, no. Like you're you're just out there. You're you're and, and this isn't this isn't <laughs> this isn't growth. This is just play. And I, yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, here I am, like under the influence of this medicine. I feel like it's guiding me. It's working with me. And all of a sudden, I'm brought into this kind of higher vibrational frequency that we'll call authenticity. For the sake of this conversation, we'll call this vibration authenticity. Because it's it, as we said before we got on this call. Authenticity is a concept, mm-hmm. and all I understood was that I was being brought into a higher vibration, and that and that real growth could happen in this vibration. And what I realized was because I had an awareness of the of the growth that was a- available to me, I also got, had an awareness of the space that I was existing in, mm-hmm. and it was kind of airy fairy, light and wavy. You know, it was sure, it sure. was it was it was bendable, and you, you know. And and it was workable, and it was, and I was having fun in that light energy. But there was there was something was drawing me into my core, 
you know, I call it now my tagline on my on my website is your true nature is always calling you home. So what was happening in my experience from what I can discern after sitting with this for a long time, because it's taken me months, literally, to process what happened that one night. My true nature was calling me home. And it was, you know, it wasn't in a stubborn way. It wasn't in an abusive way. It was just in a very firm way. It kind of, it was just, it was kind of sitting there and just, just very patiently. Are you ready? Are you ready now? Like, oh, do you want to play some more? Then go play. Are you ready? And it's a, so it just waited for me to say yes. And finally, I was like, I thought I was. I thought I was showing up. I thought I was being my full self. I, I was coaching others. I was guiding people. I was making a living. I was doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And I'm right, having fun right. doing it. What's wrong with this life? Why would I change it? It seems to be working. So we're not talking great. Like, like I'm 40 years old. We're not talking. This wasn't my first uh, go around. What do they say? First Ride rodeo. First rodeo. Or not your first rodeo, rodeo right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like I'd been around the block. I had, I had, you know, I had a spiritual awakening in my in my 20s. You know, I I thought I had reached a point in my life where I was pretty well grounded into this whole idea of myself as a spiritual being, right, working right. working in the field of his choice, serving on a higher level, and supporting others to do the same. Why? And I asked myself this many times. Why, spirit? Why did you humble me? This? Why did you break me down? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The point that I was almost uh, like, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but I was I was not functional. I wasn't functional in my own life. And things started to fall apart. I started to, you could call it unraveling. I, I could even say I was imploding. I was imploding. Yeah. Into, like I was falling into myself, going deeper, deeper, deeper into my core. But meanwhile, my psyche just started kind of falling apart. And can I ask a quick I, question here? Yeah. So was this... So was all of this all happening of the, during the medicine ceremony or was just was this the what I don't know what you would call like the aftermath or you know end result of going through the ceremony or was this yeah. unraveling happening while you were um, in the ceremony with your friend yeah well the the one of the big one of the big shifts that happened inside of the ceremony is what I've understood is called a psychotic break mm-hmm this is this is lingo, you know, yeah, and, sure. and and psychologists use this too. They they're careful to watch a, a, if there a psycho, a psychotic break occurs in a session. Mm-hmm. So um, another practitioner of plant medicines who runs a center down there, he I did another powerful session before I left the lake with him. He's very experienced, over two hundred ceremonies that he's personally been involved in. Yeah, uh, he studied he studied under shamans and tatas in South and Central America. So. In any case, he revealed to me the terminology of a psychotic break. And this is what I understand happened in my first big ceremony. Mm. I was, while I was in that light, playful energy, just enjoying myself, thinking I was, you know, the medicine's acting on me. I'm doing what I'm, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, enjoying yeah. myself, enjoying the experience. But what happened when he called, when, when, when this person who was with me, when he called me into awareness of the higher vibration, all of a sudden I had a psychotic break. Because all of a sudden, the person I was pretending to be wasn't in alignment with the person that I knew I was. Yeah. And this was very unsettling. Yeah. Ve- and I mean, so it was so unsettling that I, I, I basically just flung myself to the floor, went into fetal position, and started heaving and sobbing. And 
this was really hard for me I'll because bet. I I had some I had some some real personal family stuff that came up that at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue that we all have to look at is how much of this is my identity and how much of this is like core wounding. You know, is my identity wounded or is it or is it or is it this is like core spiritual like, you know, like like soul material. <laughs> And 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 right. I didn't. I had, to, I had to really. I had to just give myself the the the, the space and the, the compassion. Luckily, I had a brother there that literally just put his hands on me and said, "I love you. You're okay." Like I just met this guy, but you know, he gave me that brotherly love and yep. just said, "I love you, brother. You 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 know you're you're fine the way you are." Like like I needed I needed to hear something, just anything, you know. Um, at one point, he I was so in my process. He goes, "You know, I should go." And I said, "No, don't go. Like, yeah, please don't like, go, bro." Yeah, yeah. like I'm, yeah. I'm very vulnerable right now, but, yeah. but please, please don't go because yeah. I needed that kind of support. And I believe we all do to yeah, really to really un- to really unfold to really open up safely. I think it 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 make it may help a person to find to have that support of another physical another human being who's spiritually connected, who's connected to their heart, guiding them through that process or assisting them or just witnessing them as they go through. There's something about that that was very safe, Yeah, uh, felt very supportive and very nourishing. It's really good, it's really man, good. like that you had someone there to, to support you in a space like that. Because yeah. I think when those doors open up, especially in the context of ceremony, it is vulnerable. I mean, it's, you know, as, as a culture, we're not, I don't feel like there's a lot of living medicine traditions in the West. And so as we're kind of finding our way back into these modalities and these methods, when there's support, it helps. Even if it's not perfect, I feel like, you know, even if someone isn't, I've had support in those moments um, where I've had some pretty rough patches. And even when the support wasn't perfect, they weren't trained. It was just the presence of someone there saying it's okay. You know, yeah, I'm here for you. And that's, God, in ceremony and out of ceremony, that's important. You know, that's a that's a thread we all need. So I, I, I second that fully. Yeah, yeah. And there's, it's very, it's symbolic in a way mm-hmm. because basically the the child inside of us needs nurturing, and eventually the child inside of us is going to surrender to the adult within us. And until we learn how to give ourselves that kind of compassion and care. We almost need another human being to enact that so that we can feel taken care of, so that we can say, wow, that, that act of compassion was so nourishing. Why don't I give myself that same nourishment? And then yeah. we realize everything I think I need on the outside, I can give to myself first. Yeah. You know, the crying that I was doing on the floor, to be really open and honest, was like I didn't feel like I had the love of my own brothers. You know, mm-hmm. I have some, I have some ongoing um, disputes, I guess you could say, with my brothers uh, that we cannot seem to resolve, or they're not willing to resolve, and that really hurt me. That really, yeah. it, it hurt. I mean, it hurt my identity. Now that I've sat with it for a couple months, it doesn't hurt me anymore mm-hmm. because I see that I was in a story. The story I was telling myself was I'm not loved yeah. or lovable. And it had to, maybe it, in this case, it had to do with blood relation. And that story, I believe, carried into my life in other ways. And, and I was just, so I got, I was shown very clearly 
that I was playing roles in this world. One of them was the poor me, the, the I'm not lovable. One of them that was most shocking was I was in my spiritual ego. I was in the role of life coach, spiritual coach. Yeah. I'm, I'm your guide. Come talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I, got, yeah. I, got, I got the training. I got the experience. What do you need? You know? right. and, and I was very, and look, I'm, I'm very good at what I do. And I, yeah. and I, had, I have a, a, a sense of presence with every person that I, that I do work with. And they've all had great results. And I couldn't understand why I was being humbled at this time if, I'm, if what I'm doing is effective. Right. And that, that was really unsettling for me because it affected <laughs> me financially. I mean, it, literally, it, 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 I had I believe all, it. Of a, all of a sudden I didn't feel confident doing my work anymore because I was, I was like, wait, I thought I was showing up as, as, a, as a true <laughs> right. coach, teacher, guide. Yeah. What am I? And what am I leading people into? <laughs> fair enough, man. Fair, fair enough. I mean, that's a pretty legitimate place to be. I, I think when, yeah, like when these doors open and they get cracked and we crack and there's this, you know, the, the, the vase shatters for a minute. I think it's very reasonable to get into these positions of what the hell am I doing? You know, and how, how viable and am I full of shit? I mean, that's a question yeah. that just comes up. Am I just completely full of shit or am I actually not full of shit? I'm just human and have, you know, an an unending cycle of renewal and breakdown and renewal that seems to kind of come up. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, would you say <clears throat> that after or during, I mean, I think you're probably still in it, but would you say that you were bettered by this process? Bettered. I like that. Was I bettered? Yes. Yes, because, you know, I was humbled. Yeah. Okay. And because I'm more humble, of course I was bettered. Yeah. Because the last thing anybody wants is an arrogant spiritual teacher. Yeah. Amen. I don't. I don't want a spiritual. I don't want an arrogant spiritual teacher. Same. Yeah. I, I don't. And and I wasn't aware of my arrogance. I wasn't even aware of it. Boy, that's and isn't that that's that's the curveball, right? When we just don't see it. We, yeah, but and and you know it's funny because I'm thinking of this one client that I had down in Guatemala when I lived in this particular house, and he was working on his deep, deep arrogance. You know, he had come from a, an upper class family, mm. um, in you know in in Guatemala, it's a, there's a huge disparity between rich and poor. So he oh, came see. from the, he came from the upper upper class, mm -hmm. and you know he lived in our community. But um, you know he was he was a, a spiritual man in our community, but he came from from right. the elite. And, you know, one of the things we worked on with him was his arrogance. And he's like, oh, I know I'm arrogant. <laughs> and I, was, I was like, right. So here I had direct right. reflection in front of me. But at the time, I didn't see it as a reflection on me. I didn't think it yeah. was like, I, I, I figured, I, you know, at that point, I was just showing up to serve my client. But, I mean, it, you know, after all is said and done, yes, I got the humility lesson of a lifetime. It's humbled the fuck out of me. Excuse my language. But no, no, you can curse, that, on, you can curse on the podcast. It's good. It's okay. <laughs> that's where fuck is necessary. Yeah. Like, it humbled the fuck out of me. And yeah. emphatically, I want to use that word because I needed it. It's not like I needed the universe to kick me in the ass. I mean, no. I think that's, that's, not a, that's a very, like, uncompassionate thing to say. Yeah. But I needed my – I truly desired to be a more – harmonious person and to do that i needed more humility to be that i needed more humility yep and so i'm glad i'm glad i have the humility now because i'm able to show up in a different way and i, I want 
I want to just add one thing, unless yeah, you have yeah. a, a no, no, it's... no. Add it, add it, and then I'll I'll add my piece when you're done. Yeah. So here's where it brought me back to. I got this. You know, my life has been led by a series of, of uh, books have been one of my best teachers, okay? I've hired a lot of mentors. I've gone through a lot of trainings, but books have been my best teachers. And they found me. They literally find me. Mm-hmm. I don't even, you know, sometimes I'll literally go, I'll physically go to the library. But that book, it calls me in. Yeah. Debbie Ford, the, the reason I got my, my, my Ford training was because the book was literally put into my hands. Here, you might like this. Yeah. And I was like... You know, and that ended up being who I got my coaching training with. Um, the book that I knew I had to get when I got back to the states was Nonviolent Communication. Through it, I just—I'd never seen the book, I'd never read the book, I'd never heard uh, the name of the author. I just knew that this thing existed called nonviolent communication, and that that sometimes people practice it and call it compassionate communication. And one of the questions that you ask inside of compassionate communication is, what are you needing? Mm -hmm. And this helps break ground, this helps make connection. If I'm talking to you, and if you're a client or a friend, it doesn't matter. My attention, my presence, when I come into presence, and I'm acknowledging, and I'm I'm evolved enough, I'm self-evolved enough to know my own needs, then I'm taken care of. And when I'm taken care of, I open up capacity inside of me. And when I have capacity inside of me, then I can put my attention on you and fully be there. Now, the first and foremost thing in this space is what are you needing? And I really want to know. Yeah. So knowing our needs, first of all, knowing my needs, what my personal needs are, and meeting those needs is an act of self-love. And so I take care of myself first. And then... What I've understood and where this humility has led me is to really explore what people are needing because that's how I'm going to show up in the world. That's my next, the, my next phase of service to the world had to come through this path because now I'm cued in, I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in to needs and I really yeah. want to know what people need and then I want to help them meet those needs in whatever solution that, that may arise in. Mm-hmm. I like that, and <clears throat> there's so many threads that I could I could jump in on on what you've said. I mean, you've got some really key points that I think are are wonderful and, and important for people to hear. The thing that I was gonna um, add to yours and to interject is, you know, you and I have talked about uh, superhero themes and mythology just in you know in prior conversations, and as you were talking about your psychotic break and this thing that was happening, it was like the split, right? Like there's this character dancing out here and then it's like, oh God, there's this other, other whole other bandwidth that I could come into attunement with. And when mm. that happens, there's a there's a split of some kind. And it made me think about the Superman 3 movie. Do you remember that mm. one where Superman, he's, it's the one with the the Christopher Re- Reeves Superman? Christopher Reeves, yeah. It, yeah, and he, um, he, in the third one, it's got Richard Pryor in it and they, I think it was whoever the bad guy in the movie is. It's not Richard Pryor. They try to replicate Kryptonite, but there's mm. a missing 0.57 percent, like this, you know, off-planet ingredient. They don't know what it is, so they put tar into it, right? And they end up gifting this rock, this Kryptonite rock, to Superman, and nothing happens. He doesn't keel over. He still has his powers, and they're like, "What the fuck?" You know, this is no good. 
And when you were talking about this, it made me think about that because in, in the story, right, it's the, the effects are delayed. It doesn't make him weak, but it makes him, his suit gets dark and he gets really violent and he gets really angry. And then in this junkyard seat at the end, he has this split. There's like a light that comes out of his third eye, which is kind of cool. And then the character splits and he ends up battling, you know, the dark, oh. the dark Superman. And one of the alternative theories about this was they said it, it wasn't, the kryptonite didn't poison him, it allowed him to feel. And that mm. was like the alternative deeper message there was that he was allowed to feel all of these things about being an orphan, being shot to a planet by himself, you know, and, and he actually got to feel the rage of being alone, you know, truly alone in his own experience. And I always liked that because I think that's what, at least part of it, right? I don't think it's everything, but I feel like part of what these medicines can kind of do is allow us to feel into those new possibilities, those new band, like you said, the new alignment or one that's just unfamiliar, maybe one you haven't touched in a while, or it's been foreign for a period of time for, you know, a portion of your life. But as you were saying that, it just made me think about that because it's not that, you know, that part of you that was dancing and in flow was bad. It's just feeling something different, but it does create a rift, right? Between those two, it's almost like they can't hold space at the same time, or they have to, you have to be able to interchange that, persona or character, you know, to come in to a period where those things align well. So it just made me think about that, man. Like that's, um, you know, in the, in the movie, Superman ends up choking out the bad one. Right. And he's back and he's, um, happier and stronger and, you know, everything's wonderful, but it just made me really think about man, how you, the, those experiences. And I'm, I'm really happy that you shared it because I, you're not alone. I mean, I've heard so many other people who have gone through some variation of this where, they have a, a split or a rift in how they're presenting themselves in the world. And then they're shown either a new way or a different way. Um, and it's often terrifying because it's new and unknown. And there's just a whole bandwidth of experience that people are freaked out by. You know, it's happened, happened to me in a different context within psilocybin ceremonies where, um, yeah, shown something new. And I thought, I'm not really sure how to show up to this. So I'm going to I'm going to cry and I'm going to you know I'm going to allow myself to feel those those things and to unwind and it was good and it was wonderful but it was very difficult in the moment. And it yeah. sounds like yours was as well. That was a pretty rough rough journey. Well, it was. I'll I'll touch I'm going to tell you two things. So one thing I'm going to tell you is something my spiritual teacher has to say about plant medicines and then the next thing is I'm going to tell you is another story about plant medicine. Yeah. So so my spiritual teacher, um, I worked under a spiritual master in L.A. I know that's an oxymoron, but there is, there is, a, there is a, a legitimate spiritual master in L.A. His name is Dr. Joseph Levery. He's of the, of the Rose Qua Kabbalistic lineage. Okay. Um, he devised the NAM system of healing and NAM yoga. In any case, um, I was training with one of his students, one of his teachers, uh, after the, all this happened in Guatemala, I decided to do uh, some training with this woman who, who certified me in NAM Yoga Foundations. And um, I learned a lot of, that the spiritual master had handed down to a lot of his you know, best students who became teachers. And, and, I, and she, had an, she had a background with, with plant medicine as well. And, and I asked her point blank, I said, Is, what does he think about uh, taking plant medicines for spiritual evolution? And she said, you know, that's interesting because he has commented on that. And, and he said that you can take them, but there's always a price to pay. 
and I got this. I really understood this because you know uh, his his lineage may you know involves mudras, mantras, um, you know asanas, and you can be doing these for years, and 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 the 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 effects may it may take you three years to right. get the evolution that I could have in three hours, mm -hmm. right? But there's always a price to pay. Do you sure. see what I mean? Oh yeah, the so, scale is heavy for a, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like boom. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, I don't know the right answer. I, I don't know if it's follow the master or or become the master. You know, I mean, I, I followed the path that was right for me. But I'm here to say that um, I don't believe there are shortcuts. I don't. Mm -hmm. I, I I believe that the plant medicines are here to to, to help us evolve. Yep. And when taken responsibly in in doses that you know are conducive to openings of awareness and, and connection to our core and the strengthening of our connection to spirit and source, I, it's a positive thing. It gives us memory. Um, I'll speak about a different plant medicine, and this one um, I, I was introduced to 5-MeO-DMT while I was in LA. Mm -hmm. And I was taken through, this is otherwise known as the Sonoran Toad Medicine, Yeah. And I was taken through this experience by um, a psychologist. Um, he's a doctor, mm -hmm. and um, and he's he's a he's a very loving brother. You know, he's he had a very loving presence, and he took me through a, a ceremony where he introduced just I got introduced to the medicine in a small puff first, mm -hmm. and got to just feel it inside of me, and then we went deep. We took a beaker like almost as big as this, full of smoke, and then. You know, basically a, took a big straw, punctured foil, and took the whole thing all at once, filling my whole lungs with this dense black smoke. I mean, not black, but very, but very, yeah. yeah, very gray, gray, milky, dense. that milky smoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it tasted horrible. So mm -hmm. you, I held it all in, and then and then he carefully lowers me down to the ground where there was this earthing mat where, where I just got to relax. What the 5-MeO DMT did for me was it produced, um, obviously they call DMT the God molecule, and what I'm here to report is that I got the experience of being held in space. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm just energy, you're just energy, this computer's just energy, you know, all these molecules and atoms bound together, right, with space in between. So mm -hmm. here I am, just suspended in space, something's got me, yeah. and I'm just being breathed. Yeah. Some just breathing me. Now, here's a little hermetic axiom that many people might not know. If you read the Kabbalion, uh, which is a, a book of hermetic philosophy, there's a there's an axiom in there, and it says we are all we are all held firmly in the mind of the all, the Ooh. all, being the the all, the universe, the right. one. So I knew this axiom before I had this physical experience, and uh -huh. when I had the experience, it galvanized yeah. the axiom. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. being held in the mind of the all right now. I don't, <laughs> I'm have, here, to, right? I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I have no concepts, i.e. thoughts. I had no thoughts, and any time I tried to form a thought, they were pulled away from me because all my mind wanted to do was make sense of what I was experiencing, and this was just being consciousness. Yeah, I was yeah. just being breathed. I was supported, and I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Now – Funny story, and I'll circle back to Guatemala. A lot of people were experimenting with, with the toad medicine down there. And I talked to this guy. I'll never forget this conversation. I don't know why. I went up to him after, after uh, he had experimented. He, and I was like, how was it for you, brother? And he's like, 
oh man, first time, you know, blew me away. Second time, oh, I went so deep and he described something to the effect of what I described. He's like, man, I don't know where to, where to go from here. And and I got a little a little uh, a little cheeky and I said, I can tell you where to go from here. Try to do that without the medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and this is the this is the core premise that I want to offer uh, today to anyone listening and yeah. to anyone on the spiritual path. My challenge to myself, I'm not just like challenging you as some test of masculine durability. My challenge to to us as spiritual beings is: Can we do that by ourselves? Can mm-hmm. we have enough resolve, enough persistence, enough perseverance, enough courage to go into the core of who we are and hang out there? And just rest in that space. That takes courage, man. And it's hard, I mean, yeah, oh, that takes courage. All the emotional stuff's gonna come up. You don't have to go looking for your beliefs; they'll come up. Believe me. Oh yeah, like life. Yeah, right. Life and your belief systems will school the shit out of you. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just hang out in that space for a while. Be courageous enough to hang out in the core of your being, and not doing anything and not trying to get anywhere. Just Really, you know, I mean, the, 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 the axiom, the hermetic axiom from Hermes himself is know thyself. Yeah. It's, you know, it's printed in, in over every temple and in, in yeah. every language. Yep. Know thyself. So we are going into the inner temple and we are just discovering what we're really made of. And when we get a, uh, I'll speak in first person because I'm having this experience now. My spirituality is going in the direction of, I want to know myself as energy, and I want to know what that energy feels like, and then I want to let that energy flow through me in such a natural way that I can't help but be creative. I can't help but be loving because I know myself as loving. Yeah. I don't have to try to be loving. I'm just loving. I know myself as loving. So what manifests out of me is love. It's a good place to be, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Khalil Gibran said, your work is love made manifest. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like, I think what, what resonates for me in this process, just as you're, as you're talking about, you know, just everything, like this process of just everything that's, that's transpired and that's moving. It's really interesting to hear you say also that, you know, the, the, the the, the cheeky comment, though, you know, can we do this without, you know, the indulgence of medicines or the use of medicines in some way? And, you know, I'm amazed at how many people that I've talked to who have been through medicine ceremonies, whether that's um, ayahuasca, 5-MeO-DMT, psilocybin, and there are definitely a very large number of people that I have connected with who have said, you know, I've sat with the with some medicines and where sometimes it's one ceremony sometimes it's 10 or maybe it's some years but then they often there's a lot, a lot of people get to this place where like i i don't want any more like i'm i've whatever transpired there i just need to live my life and i just need to like they've been shown things that they can't even put into words that made sense in that space of the yeah. ceremony but when they come back it's a pretty simple maxim which is i just need to live my life Every, yeah. everything is unfolding right here as it should and the current of life is is teaching me everything that I need to yeah. know. Yes. And maybe what they've learned and what they've kind of gotten to is that they they listen better. 
You know, that, yeah. that they're like, okay, that was blasted through the fiber of every piece of my being. And I don't get it mentally, but I heard, I heard you, I heard, yeah. I heard it. And then they get to this place where they're, they drop out, you know, they're just like, I'm, I'm going to tap out for maybe ever, maybe, maybe I'm yeah. just going to live my life. And that's, you know, and I always kind of wonder um, about that process. You know, my, my dialogue with psilocybin has been like that in the last, that year, I, I think I sat with it during all of 2018. I think I sat 10 times maybe, you know, so it was almost every month there was some, or give or take, you know, I might've had two months and then a, a random where I jumped in two sessions together, but it was mm. at the end of that year, people, you know, friends of mine were like, do you want to take a journey to like, cause I need to process some stuff. And I'm like, no, you know, I, yeah. I, I just don't know. I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty full. I don't know if, I mean, I'm not saying I'll never touch psilocybin again, but I thought, boy, there is just, I got plenty well, to just process and live. And that's, that's going to be my, my medicine for a long time. It's yeah. just process and, and live, you know, like that's enough. Here's, here's the thing, Gray. You just said the key word. You are the medicine. Yeah. <laughs> you are the medicine. Mm -hmm. Once you've taken the medicine and it's got inside you, you've opened up something that in, in there's a it's interesting i was listening to your podcast so i know your middle name's christ <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's a really good book called the jeshua channelings and it channels the christ consciousness and in it he talks about the energy of the solution mm. so he says try to be you know don't go out there tr trying to preach the, sol the the truth and i i heard this in your last in your podcast with iska mm -hmm. um, who I knew as Iska Vaya, but in yeah. any case, she, she changed it. She went back to her original name. Yeah. So what, what Iska said is um, uh, relating to um, to that. What were we? I just lost my train of thought. Oh no, totally. Uh, we we were talking about people taking the medicines and then being like, "I'm out." Like, and I was saying I had taken psilocybin, and I, and I am the. You were saying I am the medicine. That yeah. After we've taken this medicines, then you become the medicine essentially. Like, yes. That was the yes. thread you were on, sort of. Yes, I don't know how it related to this. Anyway, we'll get back to that. But um, but you are the medicine. Uh, oh yeah, she's. It, it was about presence. I mean, basically, just you yeah. know. I mean, look, you're, she was talking about presence. Now we're talking about presence. Yeah. The point is, is that the energy of the solution is yeah. just about presence. It's a. It's just yeah. holding holding the presence, holding the solution. You don't even have to say that much. It's just your presence in front of a person that can have the transformative effect. I've realized, I've realized as part of my undoing or unraveling as a, as a spiritual coach was the fact that I thought concepts were changing people. And you know, Abraham Hicks talks about this: yeah. like words don't don't heal. You know, words aren't what what what's healing people. It's the energy of the solution. So you know, I'm starting to write more poetry and things like that. So, you know, would, would a writer be saying that words don't heal? Would that, you know, that doesn't seem to, to match. But it's not that the words themselves are, are doing the healing. It's that the vibration put into those words are going inside. I'm communicating when I'm writing my poetry now. I'm communicating from the energy of the solution, from my being. Yeah. I, may not be, I, I may not be in full Christ consciousness at this point, you know, but I'm communicating from what I understand to be that my being consciousness, my, the, my my inner master, and and I believe we all have access to that, if we allow it. Mm -hmm. So, interestingly, I've been led. Um, 
I've been told twice now to stop doing medicine by, by people um, who were tapped into higher realms. Um, I, was, I went down to a retreat in Costa Rica. This was almost uh, two years ago now. I was in LA going through a rough patch, um, doing a lot of ups and downs and, and, and figuring out, and I was working with small amounts of psilocybin at that time. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get called down to Costa Rica to do this retreat. It happened very synchronistically. It all seemed to align. And it, it was a very powerful medicine called iboga, and yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I, 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 that's you, you no go joke. into like a two-day coma. Isn't so. isn't that? I mean, from what I've understood, maybe I've understood this uh, incorrectly, but I thought that was sort of reserved for people who had like full-blown opioid addictions, yeah. and it was yeah. sort of reserved for that class of people. Like if you, it is okay. It is. So people, it, but used, people still partake though. Just as yeah. A, okay. I, Iboga has been converted into ibogaine, which is kind of a synthetic uh, oh, substitute. Yeah, so ibogaine is being used um, in heroin treatment and things like that. Oh, I see. Okay. But iboga root is 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 natural. It's a they call it the holy wood because mm-hmm. it's it's a wood it's a root from a tree. Very um, intense though. From in, what I've heard, yeah. yeah, it is very intense. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I tasted the, uh, the 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 nema, which is what they the name for the shaman in this tradition. It's a it's from Gabon, mm-hmm. West Africa. So the name of the shaman is nema, and the nema gave me a small taste to, to, to because at that point in the ceremony he decided he had pulled me aside and he had said you are not taking the medicine a full dose mm-hmm. and and I asked him why and he said the spirits have spoken to me and I take this very seriously they've told me that if I give this medicine to you you'll die and I and and I was like Whoa. okay fair enough yeah. <laughs> All right, I won't be taking the medicine today I'd yeah. flown all the way to Costa Rica at a pretty high expense to wow. Simply to have a to have this experience, and wow. I did not. But to to fast forward, and then to to cut this long story short, I I ended up the last thing I did when I before I left San Marcos, Guatemala, was I did a four day um, intensive medicine ceremony with psilocybin. This was all supervised on, um, under this this man who has a lot of experience. And it was done in a very methodical way. He also receives the, 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 the dosage for each person. He intuitively tunes in. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the experience, he, a couple of days after the, the four-day retreat, he, he sent me an urgent message and said, I need to have a Skype call with you. And I said, yeah, sure. What's up? You know, we get on the call and he says, all right, this doesn't happen a lot. I said, just lay it on me. He goes, look, I was up all night. And he goes, your higher self came to me in my, in my dreams and wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> and I was like, what was I saying? You know, like, yeah. and he said, your higher self was telling me to tell you to stop doing these um, psilocybin. Stop, just give yourself a break. Yeah. And what I realized was I, I, I went into a, a major, major, um, I went into my, this, the, the second half of, of, of my depressive, depressive ep- episodes. Um, I had those in my early 30s. It went. It was a pretty. I, I've had a history of depression, mm-hmm. and um, mental health for me has been one of my biggest issues. It's been mm-hmm. one of my biggest hindrances to productivity, mm-hmm. carrying out my dreams, having a happy relationship. Um, it, it's been everything. It's been. It's been one of my biggest hindrances. Yeah. So I got back from Guatemala. And all of a sudden, I, I had all these this mental uh, illness started coming up again, and I felt completely distraught. I didn't know up from down. I I, I didn't feel capable of doing anything. Yeah. And for about a month after I got back to the states, I was just nursing myself back to health. Yeah. And this 
after several months of being back and nursing myself back to health, I realized that I've gone through some major transformational experiences. My neurology has changed. I've I've blown it open and now things are kind of you've heard of reconnective healing. Yes. You know, yep. my neurons are like reconnecting now and they're mm-hmm. fusing back together in a new way. And I need to give myself time to heal because if I just keep doing medicines, it's boom, boom, it's opening up new neuropath. You know, it's 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 like it's like you know, I got this image one time of like a like split hair. Mm-hmm. And that's what nerve endings might look like if we just keep blowing them open. You'll have all these split right. hairs. Well, that's a that's a it's a great thread, man. Um, you know, you're not the first person to t- sort of touch on this idea. Um, other people in you know my circles and people that I, I listen to and friends of mine that are are in this stuff, they talk about this very thing where they're saying, you know, we've got. I th- I feel like you know with the. American culture, you know, psychedelics are making a resurgence. They're coming back into the culture and people are exploring and there's all these openings. But they said, you know, this same idea, right? It's like a muscle fiber being torn open as we work it and exercise it. But this is of the, you know, energetic body and maybe of the spirit where we're like, yeah, you know, tearing open these things and creating these new expansions. But exactly, there also needs to be a very real time to integrate, repair, replenish, restore, um, you know, reorient, get back into that place where you're like, okay, whether you know it or not, whether you fully get it or not, um, you know, you've been opened and something has been stretched and expanded. Therefore now integrate and like live your life, give it, give it some time to just let things unfold. And that's the, yes, it goes back to that. Well, just life is sort of doing it for us, you know? And I think maybe if nothing else, you know, these psychedelics seem to kind of bring us back into that mechanism of like, the, the the game is rigged in a, in a very positive way for us. It's like if you just walk through this 3D reality and just live life and let the experiences, you know, come through and let life school you, that's the, I, at least for me, that seems like the, the, the biggest, like, dose of the medicine that's come from this stuff is that, like, life is 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 rigged to help you and help you go through and evolve. You ha- But you do have to engage. you got to be here. You have to be present. Um, the threads coming back to what you said, that the authenticity piece being well, authentically even, right there it's just like that's it's not even authenticity let's go deeper than that because here's you know when you were saying all those words that started with re mm-hmm. the, the words that popped up for me were two more words with re remember yeah. and relationship mm-hmm. yeah because because after all said and done and you've taken those medicines and you've blown your mind open and you've blown your heart open now you're open what are you going to do with it? Yep. So here's what happens. We're, we're, we're blown open, but what got blown open? Our perceptions, the illusion, the, 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 the thought structures, the belief sure. systems. Now we have to remember who and what we really are. This requires relationship. And, and, and I feel myself going into teacher mode, so I want to just like pull back <laughs> and just relate this to like my experience. Like Personally, yeah. relationship for me has been my healing. It's, it's, it's remembering who I am. It's remembering that there is this beautiful relationship I can have with my own being, starting with my own heart, just loving my own heart each day. And then creating this relationship with my being so that I'm actually tuning in. We talked about needs earlier. And just asking myself, like, what am I needing? You know, and, and asking that being within, what are you needing? <laughs> like, like, you know what needs to be there's 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 right. when, I, when I connect to that it naturally 
and I honor that. If mm-hmm. I connect to that part of me and I honor that part of me, sooner or later that part of me is going to express itself through me as me. And then my life right now is all about allowing that expression to come forth. My mentor, one of my early mentors, um, called this downloading your substance. Mm-hmm. So we've, in my experience and all my, all my transformation, I've been, I've been a, a, a transformation addict mm-hmm. over the years. And I'm, I'm finally realizing that I'm, 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 I'm worn down. I've, I've, I'm tired of, of all the personal development. Yeah. All I have to do now is just remember. Mm-hmm. The work's done. I do need to remember, and I do need to bring in, you know, and, and develop these true values, these true character traits that I really want to embody. Because this is my being, is 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 this, you know, it's this substance. It is a substance. My yeah. being is, is this beautiful substance. It's this essence. But I have to decide now how am I showing up in the world and that's manifested through my character and character is what I'm learning now and you know admittedly this did come from a personal development course but you know character is my structure it is it is how the divine is expressing itself through this structure called character and this character now I'm infusing it with these high vibrational values of integrity and commitment and consistency and authenticity, truth, wisdom, kindness, mm-hmm. compassion. You know, this is my yeah. nature. I want to know my nature. I want to remember the truth. Yeah. And then I want to, you know, forget about, you know, I, I think in the past, we were talking about this before we got on the call, you know, there's so many people are out there just promoting themselves, you know, jump into my coaching program, jump into this, jump into that, yep. buy my services. Yes, we all need to make a living and yes, we all are a representation of our work. But I'd rather someone come to me because they resonate with me as a being. They feel me and they feel safe with me. And I, and I know you're I know, listening to your podcast with this guy. I know that she identified you as that same kind of person that mm-hmm. people feel safe with. Yeah. And I think this is important because mm-hmm. that that's if you're truly in your core in your heart and you're you're I feel safe with you then I can open up to you and I do. I am. Yeah. So so you're holding your powerful space for me to open and then I'm I'm in turn holding my powerful space for someone else to open. And yeah. if we all do that, you know as Marianne Williams said, your presence automatically liberates others. Yeah. That's a great quote, right? That whole, it's not your, um, it's your light that scares you, not your darkness. That whole, it's got that beautiful quote. I love that quote. And um, I agree with you, man. I mean, I really, I really, I vibe with what you're saying 100% because I think all these threads that you're hitting on um, have tremendous merit. And that notion of character, you know, like of, and developing the character and then just that art imitates life. And, you know, life imitates art and it goes both ways. And, you know, not that I agree with everything that he's saying now, but, you know, if you listen to Jim Carrey, I watched him for years growing up. He was like one of the funniest. He was one of my comedic icons growing up. And when you listen to him in interviews now and he talks about how he looks at his life and the characters that he played, you know, Jim Carrey, the funny guy. And he says, you know, up until 10 years ago, like that was that was a character that I was playing. You know, it was a character to fulfill a need in my life at the time. And he's like, but the character 
he's like, it's kind of just all a facade. It's just a character that I was playing. You know, like his true personality during those years, he's like, was a character. And it's just really interesting to hear him kind of talk about it now. And he gets a little heady and stuff, but it's just interesting that I think like a lot of us are living, we, we are living characters, you know, and, and we're developing character, you know, and it's like, there's this, it's just interesting how it's like, you know, how an actor can take on a role and embody it fully. And they go through so much when they take on the character's energy. I've got like, a, it's pretty crazy. I've, like <laughs> I've got an interesting story about this. This is, yeah. I, this is actually very, very synchronistic that you're mentioning this mm-hmm. because I had this. So here's an interesting story. When I was down in Nicaragua, I was at a, a nomad, it was called the Nomad Lifehouse, and it was a place for digital nomads to kind of bunk and, you know, do their work, and mm-hmm. we, we had this we had this swim-up bar and, like, beautiful uh, infinity pool. It was amazing. So here I am at this, at this nomad place, um, and uh, we have movie night, and they played uh, Andy and, and Jim and Andy, the, the movie that, that uh, features, it's, it's a kind of a, a documentary about... Jim Carrey doing playing. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yes, thank you. I almost said Andy Warhol. Yeah. Kaufman. Yeah. So, so it was a really like I've seen it. Yeah. I, okay, if I'm being honest, it's a shitty movie. But I didn't care for a lot of it. It was kind of it was kind of this rambling, you know, movie that I didn't much resonate with. But I I remember one thing that really stood out. And Jim said in this film, he said I was a struggling stand-up comic in Canada or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was doing all these gigs night after night, making a living, and I could have gone on like that. Yeah. But you know, I, I knew there was something bigger for me. So I started. I went home and I started asking, you know, bigger questions. And he said the biggest question that I that I could think to ask was, "What are they needing?" Yeah. <laughs> he he really. So this is interesting because it connects yeah. to. I had brought up needs earlier, and yep. I've been telling this story about Jim Carrey because mm-hmm. this has inspired me. What Jim Carrey said was he, he, he asked, what are they needing? And then he, he went to sleep one night, and he woke up in the middle of his sleep, and he had the answer. And the answer was people want to forget about their problems. People don't want to be in their day-to-day worries. Mm-hmm. So he embodied he manifested three roles in his career that would that would catalyze his success and wow. give him a, a, a firm foot in in Hollywood elite. Yeah. And those three roles were Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask. Mm-hmm. And those those three roles allowed him to play a character that completely let people just forget about their worries. These were carefree. You know, sometimes uh, fictional oh, yeah. characters, but they were completely <laughs> off their rockers, and they totally know, man. <laughs> but it gave people permission to just let go of their worries and re- and, and remember what it's like to just be casual and effortless and, and, and nonchalant. Yeah. So that incidentally, that um, one question made Jim Carrey a multimillionaire and, and solidified him in the Hollywood elite. But yeah. I, I like to tell that story often because I think that question is very, very powerful because it connects us back to how we can serve in a bigger way, and that's through needs. That's by actually asking mm-hmm. and waiting and receiving the answer of what people are needing. And then yeah. we show up and we answer that through our own expression, through our creative expression. Jim yeah. did it in the form of a role, a role mm-hmm. and maybe he evolved out of that. And now if he asked what are they needing, you know, He's doing other things now. He's painting and he's, he's painting, developed. Yeah. He's doing amazing artistic uh, things. Yep. His expression is just off the hook. I mean, it's 
he is literally embodying the artist within and like mm-hmm. you know if you know if if i am going to plug myself at all during this all i would say about yeah. my work is that my intention is to help people release their artist soul yeah and this was this was actually an intention that came to me while i was working with a graphic artist and painter down in nicaragua on that on that island that we that we affectionately called circus island mm-hmm. And I sat with this woman who does these beautiful uh, murals and and three um, D art and uh, mm-hmm. uh, astral figures and and all these yeah. different um, light beings and entities. Yeah. And the intention that I got when while working with her was help her release her artist soul. And I thought, well, that's weird because she's already an artist. Yeah. But as I don't want to reveal too much about our session, but basically she had some things inside that were still wanting to express. And so we did some deep inner work and then it started coming out that she had much more to contribute to the world. And and then it manifested in so many different ways. And she's doing great, by the way. And she's she's, you know, doing a, a whole slew of things that have expanded her. Yeah. I, I don't take credit for it all. Obviously, she was a talented person before, and she continues to be. Um, but it's just those little shifts. It's helping people really get inside of their being and really getting to know who that uh, that that artistic, you know, because each of us is an artist, I believe. Yeah. Figuring out that what that true nature is all about, and then asking like, how does this want to express first of all, and then what are people needing that I can be the solution for? Like I can provide that solution, and right. I truly believe each of us can. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it, and I love the work that you're doing. You know, the the, the threads that you've shared with me, um, you know, especially in recent months and the the discourse that we've had, all of them were hitting. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they spoke to me, and I'm I know that. The work you're doing is speaking to others. You know, it's I don't see how it couldn't, especially given the the breadth of things that you've done, and you've dabbled in a lot of different things. You know, that have yielded some pretty amazing fruits. You know, and you're and you're sharing them, which I think is one of the best things we can do. Well, yeah. Tristan, parting words for the audience. You know, if it, we've touched on um, you know, authenticity, character, needs, psychedelic medicines, um, you know, personal evolution and growth. With all of these things, you know, are there any parting words that something you'd want to, yeah, say to the audience to sort of keep in mind as you, as we all go through, you know, life and we're all evolving and learning and kind of, you know, navigating our process as best we can. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I would have loved for this to be my own wisdom, but I, this, I'm going to borrow wisdom that has really resounded for me lately in mm-hmm. my life. And that is from Yogi Bhajan, the founder of Kundalini Yoga. And this isn't a direct quote, but I'll paraphrase. And he just said, know your truth and know how close you are at any given moment to your truth. Mm. Proximity proximity to your truth, right? Yeah. Like know where you are. Yeah. You know, know your truth and then know how close you are at all times to that truth. And I think I sat with that and I've just been like, man, wow. Yeah. Something to sit with. (laughs) He also said, be unshakable, you know, can you be unshakable? I Mm, love that. Yeah. Because life, you know, my parting words are these, life have shaken me to my fucking core. They have, they have humbled me. And if I weren't, (laughs) if I didn't know how resilient I was, I would have been broken. It would have not just humbled me. It would have broken me, but I'm still here and I'm still going forward and I'm, and I'm, I'm more creative than ever. I'm stronger than ever. And I want to share that with anybody who's listening that, can you be unshakable? Because life yeah. will shake you up, but at our core, 
we are so strong, man. We yeah. are so strong. Yeah. So, Rooted like a mountain, you know. Oof. So this this is the real spiritual alchemy. It's really getting to that golden center and just resting in that place, being in that truth, knowing how close you are at all times to it, and then acting from that truth, showing up as that truth, and, and giving us your gift. I, I truly believe each one uh, of us has a gift to share, and we truly, this isn't cliche, although you hear it a lot, we need your gift. We need you I agree. to give your gift. I agree. I mean, my mom has said that to me for for years from the time I was a little boy. She's like, you know, great. Everyone's got God-given gifts and talents. Like we've all been gifted yeah. something. And some of them um, in society are like revered more than others. She said, but everyone's given something. And she's yes. like, she's like, I don't subscribe to sin per se. She's like, but she's like, for lack of a better term, she's like, I think it's a sin to not use it. Like if, if, yeah. you, if you got the gift, you should disseminate that and share it and move it. Um, you know, my, my face reading teacher, Lillian Bridges talks about this too, from the Chinese medicine thing. And she, I've talked about it in other podcasts, but she says that very thing. She's like the Jing, the constitutional essence that carries the, the blueprints of our gifts that are inside of us. She's like mm. the, the overuse of your Jing of your gifts will make you sick. She says, but so will underuse, like yes. not using and disseminating your gifts will make you very sick. Like it can, Absolutely. it can threaten your life force as you get older. Yes. So yeah, some, some cool points to consider there. Um, if you if you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. But if you do not bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. Yep, that's from the Gospel of Thomas, the 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 the, sea, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Ah, well, that's I would I would agree. <laughs> that's on point for sure, man. Well, Tristan, thank you, man, for your time and you know the the the, the vulnerability, sharing everything that you did. I mean, you have quite quite a range of stuff that was uh presented and i really i really appreciate it if people want to um follow you on social media or anything what's what's some where are the places that they can they can find you easiest thing to do is go to www.tristanmontoya.com t-r-i-s-t-a-n-m-o-n-t-o-y-a.com otherwise instagram you can find me through there and that'll connect you to all my other accounts uh instagram art of allowance art of allowance the art of, yeah, art of allowance. No, the, although I put the just as a, yeah, art, <laughs> okay. of, art of allowance. Art of allowance. Yeah, and that's basically the, the course I'm creating is, is called Art of Allowance, and it's basically a course that's just helping people find their inner artist and, and release their artist's soul, finding that inner expression that wants to come forth into the world. So that's what I'm up to. I would love for anyone who's interested or resonated with this to find me, uh, chat with me, reach out, send a message, say hi, something like that. Great. I appreciate you. This was an amazing conversation and, and thank you for creating the space for all this to unfold. Oh, you bet, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying getting to have conversations with people like yourself who are doing good things, who are passionate about it and who are fighting the good fight to, you know, to uplevel the people around them, you know, so I think it's a, it's a worthy endeavor, man, and I appreciate it. So, cool. um, thank you, man. Until next time, we'll probably have you on again at some point for some other cool topic, but yeah, I appreciate your time. All right, peace. Take care. Take care.